before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Amen. Amen. I like this verse. It says that don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, what? Pray. Instead of worrying, pray. And then the King James also says that be careful for nothing, which is uh, old school English. You get it? But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Now, one of the things that you and I need to understand is that, you see, this world is governed by unseen forces. Are you with me? That yeah. the world as we see it now is governed by the things we don't see. And, you know, let me just use a natural example like coronavirus. The virus that we don't see is what is governing the world that we see. True or not true? <laughs> you get it. And similarly, you know, the world as it is, it's like there are some hooks. You know, if you've watched this, uh, uh, what do you call it? Shows before where someone is holding hooks and uh, what do you call that, those shows? Puppet that? show. Puppet show. Puppet shows. You know, you have a puppet show where someone is, uh, you know, controlling the puppet from, uh, from a distance. In the same way, the world as you see it is not as plain as you think um, it is. There are spiritual forces, good or bad, that are determining the fate and the future of this world. And if you read the book of Daniel, you will see that Daniel prophesied that, you know, he saw um, spiritual things in, in, in his prayers while he was praying that was governing even the end of the Roman Empire. And then the coming of the, of the Babylonian Empire, the Persian Empire, and the Grecian Empire. You get it? So one of the ways that you can even see the movements of, of, of spiritual forces is in the area of politics and just geopolitical arrangements of the world. Okay? And um, a, a good example, as many theologians and Bible scholars would say, was the fall of the British Empire. You know, Britain was, uh, I think, controlled over 70% of the world through their colonies. And during the Second World War, when they turned their back on the nation of Israel, uh, many people believe that that also started the demise of the, the, the empire of UK, you know, and we just don't have to go far to validate it. Even when we go in the Bible, we see that empires rise or fall are based on God's, God's um, sometimes instructions. You know, uh, this guy Nebuchadnezzar was boasting that he had built Babylon. And all of a sudden, an angel said that, look, this is the end of your kingdom. Another kingdom is coming to take over. Hallelujah. So we have to believe that there are spiritual forces. The Bible says that God made things seen and things unseen, okay? So there are many unseen things, and I believe that the unseen things are more than the things uh, that we see. Hallelujah. Are you with me, church? 
Yeah, the things yeah. that we don't see. There are so many things we don't see, you know, but many of you um, don't, I mean, for instance, I, I just realized that scientists discover a new species in the ocean every day or something, and they are still discovering, wow. you know, there are things there that they don't see. It came to a point in the world where we believe that the world was flat because we, we haven't seen the world <laughs> as it is. You get it. And the more we explore, the more we know that there are so many things that we haven't seen in this world. And I want you to also believe that there are spiritual uh, forces or spiritual entities. The Bible calls them principalities, powers, dominions, thrones that we don't see in the spiritual world. Okay. Now, as a human being living on this world, the question is, how can you also have a certain influence in the spiritual world to also determine your fate and your destiny on this earth? And that is the weapon called prayer. Hallelujah. That is the Amen. weapon called prayer. Prayer is what gives you the ability to also influence the spiritual world for your favor and for your destiny. Okay, so it looks like God is also just waiting for his children to invite him into this world to have an influence in this world. You know, during these crises, people are saying, oh, where is God? Where is God? Where is God? I said, God is there, you know, and uh, it's interesting that when life was so good, nobody even said, where was God? We mm -hmm. never even said, where was God? <laughs> you know? It's only when bad things happen that we say, oh, where is God? God is always there. It's a question of you also, if you will invite God into your life, into your affairs, into your marriage, into your education, into your, your family life, into the life of your children, into your health, into the economy, into every facet of your life. You know, John Wesley, uh, who was a, a, the founder of the Methodist Church, says that it seems that God is limited by the prayers of his children. And I believe so, because, listen, when if you read the Bible uh, in the book of Genesis, when uh, God was about to destroy Sodom, it felt like his hand was stayed by the hand, by the prayers of Abraham. You know, Abraham said, God, don't destroy it, because if there are 10 people in the city, would you destroy it? And God says, if there are 10, I wouldn't. You get it. So God has given us humans the privilege of inviting him into our affairs or even sometimes to negotiate with him or to stay his hand in judgments or to invite him to bless our situations. You get it. So prayer is the most powerful weapon that you have for your life. Are you with me, church? A man of prayer yeah. or a woman of prayer is an armed person in this world because that person has God with him. That person has a supernatural element in everything that he or she is doing. Amen. And I don't want you Amen. to be very naive and think that, oh, you know, prayer is not important. We don't have to pray. We just have to believe in science and everything will be okay. 
but you realize that science is not all that it, it tends to be. Are you with me? The word science yeah. means knowledge. And you can't tell me that knowledge is what will solve every problem. Listen, most doctors can't even treat it, most of the diseases in this world. Ask them. Ask Raymond and ask uh, Dr. Chris. Do, 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 do you see? They can't. A lot of treatment is palliative care. It's like, let us, uh, let us manage this pain till you die. <laughs> you know, a lot of they know, but they can't treat it. Do you see? We don't have, I mean, can you imagine in this world when you have a common code, we just give you a pill and the next day the code is gone. No, we just treat the symptoms so the code or the virus to just run its course and then everything becomes okay. So science is great, but I want to tell you that science is not God. Hallelujah. Science is not God. We need God. We are going to need God. And never believe anyone who tells you that, you know, let's just believe science that everything will be fine. We believe in science, but we also believe in something higher than science. That is God, who is the, 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 the author of every knowledge that there is in this world. Amen. Are you there, church? Yes. Yes. Amen. Are you following so far? Yes. Mm -hmm. Amen. Right. So let's go to the scripture we just read in Ephesians 4, 6. It says that, <coughs> be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer. Hallelujah. Now, the Bible has given us a command to do what? It says that, be careful for nothing. It means that don't let anything worry you in this life. Whether there is a virus, no virus, coronavirus, uh, avian flu, swine flu, bat flu, whatever virus there is, the Bible is saying that be careful for nothing. So when you call your friend who is worried and on the verge of losing their job, tell them, be careful for nothing. Amen. I'll tell them that, look, Amen. transform your worries into prayer. The Message Bible says that instead of worrying, pray. Okay? Mm. The moment you realize that worrying is invading your life, what you have to do is rather channel those worries into prayer. Okay? Mm. Because one thing I've realized about worrying, is see, worrying is like a virus. It just keeps multiplying. And the more mm. you allow it to fester, it rather uh, 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 cascades into things that won't even happen. Someone did a survey and realized that only 10% of the things people worry about come to pass. Wow. One guy thought he was going to die of cancer. He lived up to be 95, and his worrying clouded his mind. And do you know what killed him? A, a, a log, a log that fell from the forest. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you thought about that? He said, this is what is wow. going to kill me. This is what is going to kill me. This is what is going to kill me. And then rather, a log is what killed him. You know, many times we worry about nothing. We worry, the things we worry about most of the times may not happen. As statistics have shown. I mean, many of you can look in your life and realize that the things you worried about really didn't come to pass. 
I mean, you worry that you're gonna get an F in this grade. Look, one day I took an exam. I thought this exam I failed. When it came, I had B. Hey, thank God. You know, I was so happy. You know, many things we worry about that really are not what it is. And what happens is that you would have worried 20 years of your life only to waste 20 years of your life for something that would not have happened anyway. So God is saying that instead of worrying, what do you do? Pray. You pray. Instead of worrying, what? Pray. When someone calls you is worried about their job, tell them, my sister, I can understand your worry. I would have been worried. But what the Bible is telling us to do is that let us pray about it. Okay. Right. And then he says that, then when you pray, what happens? Then he said that God's peace. God, may you have God's peace in this current environment. Amen. Amen. May you have, you know, recently I was, work, I was walking outside and I met a neighbor and I asked them, how are you enjoying the Corona vacation? He says that, look, I'm not complaining at all. I wish it would even start, stay longer. <laughs> do, do, do you get it? He says that I'm not complaining. This is someone probably is enjoying a certain peace, maybe because they, they get to stay at home, spend time with their kids, or watch more movies or whatever, you know. But I'm talking about something higher than that. I'm talking about the peace of God. The Bible says that when you pray, one of the things that happens to you is that you begin to experience the peace of God. Amen. The Amen. word peace comes from the word Irene, which means tranquility and calmness. Have you seen someone sitting at the beach on a beach chair and looking over the horizon as if nothing is happening? Yeah, many of us wish we have that image, you know. And that is the type of peace. Is a type of peace that allowed Jesus Christ to sleep in the midst of a storm. Mm. That is a type of peace that God says that prayer can give you. That when you pray, what happens is that he says that, and the peace of God, which passes understanding. What it means that people can't understand how you are peaceful in the midst of a shutdown. People can't understand why you are peaceful whilst the storms are raging against the boat. What God mm. is telling us that his, his prayer is what grants us that peace. Amen. Prayer is what grants us that peace. That peace that allows Amen. us to be able, not worried, you know, resting, believing that everything will turn out okay, that God is in charge, that God, you know, one of the things I have realized, someone told me, is that when you are flying, and you, you encounter turbulence, and the air hostess is not worried, that is a sign that you shouldn't be worried. Absolutely. Yeah, if the air hostess are okay and not running around, it means that it's normal. You get it. And you could see that there are some turbulences that, you know, the air hostess is fine and not worried because they have a certain peace and a certain understanding that this is not what is going to kill them. But some of us will start freaking out, writing our will, you know, on the plane and sending it. Hopefully it gets to the ground. Meanwhile, you, before you know, it's, it's nothing at all. You get it. But I pray that you will experience God's peace in this crisis. Hallelujah. Amen. Not only this, Amen. but throughout your life, you know, 
throughout your life, you're going to need the peace of God. Mm -hmm. Because life is made of a lot of storms, a lot of difficult moments, a lot of unpredictable Mm -hmm. events. You get it? And through it all, the ability to maintain your peace is a gift that comes from God. And that gift is triggered by your prayer life. Mm-hmm. And what I want you to leave this meeting is to, to be, begin to develop a culture of prayer. But the Bible says that in everything, as some people say, in everything, you know, everything, in everything by prayer, everything by prayer. What, what things? Everything. You know, what things? Pastor, should I pray about my job? Yes, pray about your job. Pastor, should I pray for my boss? Yes, pray for your boss. Pastor, I'm going for this interview. Should I pray about it? Yes, pray about it. The Bible says that in everything, you know, normally we think that prayer is just for spiritual things or for the salvation of the world, you know, or for uh, what what else do we think uh, spiritual things that we pray for? What are some of the things like um, for maybe your grandmother or grandfather to be saved, right? or someone is dying, uh, or someone is going to have a surgery, right? Uh, What else? Um, Or someone is on the verge of death, and that is when we pray. But God is saying that everything can be handled with prayer. You're a single lady. You are believing God for the man of your dreams. Pray for him. Glory be to God. I heard a story of a lady who bought a pair of pants and a suit and said, God, I'm, bu- I'm buying this. And he hung it in his closet. He said, put a man in this suit. <laughs> what a prayer. <laughs> what a prayer. <laughs> and then, it's a true story. Don't doubt don't, don't what I'm saying. And then God brought somebody. Can you believe that the person he brought fit into the suit exactly? Yeah. I'm not saying go and do the same thing. (laughs) I mean, you can, depending on your faith. (laughs) Do you get it? But (laughs) everything by prayer. Hallelujah. You are even going to buy a car. Pray about it. You are going to choose a school. Pray about it. You're choosing a spouse. Pray about it. Oh, yes. That's one I mean. You need even more prayers in that area more than anything else. Yes. True or not true? True. There's a saying that for some people, when you stay, they should stay at home. They are staying with evil spouses. (laughs) (laughs) For For a lot of people, their deliverance was in going to work and staying there away from their spouse. You know, yeah, pray about it. Pray about everything. You're going to buy a house, pray about it. Any minor thing is worth prayer. Don't belittle uh, the, the little events of your life. Do you get it? Like you're going to look for an apartment. You can say, you know, I remember when we started a church and we're looking for a place. We just kept praying and said, God, direct our steps. Do you get it? I feel that it's been a miracle just being where we are in the hotel that we are in. Do you, do, do you get what I'm saying? It's just, it's just a miracle. 
And it might seem so minor that, oh, if you're looking for a place, oh, just go on Zillow, put in your zip code and, and, and just find a place. No, it doesn't work like that. You know, everything can be prayed about. Pray about your health. Even some of us, you need to pray about your quarrelsome nature. Do, do, do you get it? Everybody says you are quarrelsome, and they say it's not my fault. It's their fault. You have to be humble and say, oh, God, I think I'm a very quarrelsome person. Will you help my quarrelsomeness? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, you can pray about even your character, something about your life, your character, or even a habit that you are not proud of. Do, do, do you get what I'm saying? A habit that you are not proud of. You can pray about it. You can pray for your children. Pray into their future. David said something. He said that this poor man asked you for long life and you gave it to him. You can even pray for long life. How many of you would just live up to be 35 years old? Just give me a wave. No one is doing that. Do you get it? But you can even pray and say, God, give me long life. God, give me the ability to enjoy the fruits of my labor. Amen. Are you with me, church? That Amen. God, give me the ability to enjoy the fruits of my labor. God, help my children live long. Help me live long. You know, help me to understand the Bible. Help this person to become my friend. God, cause this man to look my way. God, I'm going to propose to this lady. Lord, when I go, may she look my way. May you turn her heart to, 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 towards me. God, I'm going for this interview. This is the job I want. May I be favored? Amen. Because a, Amen. an interview and being picked for a job is Amen. one of the most supernatural things that can happen to you. Because think about it. There are a thousand resumes. And what makes you think that yours could be found? You know, what is it about you that your boss or the hiring manager hasn't seen before? Do you, you, you get it? Yeah. So all these things, the Bible says, in everything by prayer. Hallelujah. Can you all repeat this after me? Say, in everything, in everything, in everything by prayer. By, by prayer. prayer. In everything, in everything, by prayer. By prayer. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Even look, when you are traveling, pray. When you are about to board a flight, pray about it. Amen. We believe in safety. We believe in checking the flight uh, safety records of that particular airline. But after all is said and done, there are some elements that the pilot cannot control. True or not true? True. True. Yeah. We just have to pray. Say, Lord, as I'm traveling, will you give me a safe flight? May you be the pilot in the cockpit. May whatever is wrong in this plane be fixed by your holy angels. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. You are even going to do your hair. Pray about it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Emmanuel, you're going to run in the next Olympics. Pray about it. Amen. Haven't you seen uh, soccer players... Elian, can you stop what you're doing, please? Money has been deducted. Can you stop um, soccer? Can you see soccer players anytime they're about to play, or even basketball players, whatever, that they kneel down and just uh, pray before they start? Yes. Because you can have a very bad game for no reason. Yeah. 
And a lot of things depend on the mighty, mighty hand of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. And Amen. I'm saying this so that all of us will become very supernatural people. That you need the element, the extra hand of God in your daily affairs of life. Even your food, you should pray over your food. Say, Father, bless this meal. Because most diseases come from food anyway. Yeah. Are you with me, church? Can I get yes. a big amen from everybody? Amen. Okay. And let me apply this to your life. Why you should pray about everything. Number one is that when you pray about things, you invite God into the situation. You invite God. Let me show you a scripture. Second Kings 1, 2 and 3. Second Kings. Second Kings chapter 1. Two and three. Are you there? Okay. Second Kings one. It says that. Let me read it to you. Second Kings one. One day, Israel's new king, Ahaziah, fell through the lattice work like a balcony of an upper room at his palace in Samaria, and he was seriously injured. So he sent messengers to the temple. Look away. Now I want you to look at something. Look at where he sent the messengers to. He didn't even consult God, okay? So he sent messengers to the temple of Baal the god of Ekron, to ask whether he would recover. Now let's go to verse 3. Let's go to verse 3. But the angel of the Lord told Elijah, who was from Tishbe, go and meet the messenger of the king of Samaria and ask them, why are you going to Baalzebub, the god of Akron, to ask whether the king will get well? Is there no god in Israel? Verse 4. Now, therefore, this is what the Lord says. You will never leave the bed on which you are lying, but you will surely die. So Elijah went to, de to deliver the message. I'll, I'll end here. Now, the king was sick, and instead of consulting with God, he consulted with the God of the Philistines because God was the God of Israelites. He was the God who delivered them from slavery, from bondage, brought them through the Red Sea, put them on in the promised land and did so many things for them. And if you have a problem, why don't you consult me? But you go and consult the God of the Philistines who don't even know God. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, even one of the things, even it's, it's, it's so painful and so belittling, okay? Like, uh, let's say, um, let me give you an example. Let's say you are in a home with your kids, okay? And then they don't ask you for the things they need. And then a friend of yours come and say, look, uncle, we are very hungry. Can you buy us McDonald's? Hmm. Ray, how would you feel as a parent? Good. Yeah, can you imagine? Even sometimes as a pastor, you know, I've been pastoring for long. I tell people, and one of, the, one of the most interesting things I find out, you could have a church member who has a problem, and the problem has been festering for years. And then a visiting pastor comes to the church to preach. And then they consult the visiting pastor and say, look, I've been having a dream with monkeys braiding my hair for the past five years. Anytime I sleep, monkeys braid my hair. I don't know. And I have this wild headache. Pastor, what does this mean? Do you get it? And normally, the pastor would also refer them 
So, oh, have you told your pastor about it? And then they will say, no. And you often wonder why. What it is is that, number one, they don't trust you. Or number two, they don't believe in your abilities, that you can help them. Okay, that is what happens. And God was so mad at Kenahaziah that, look, I am Jehovah. I am the God, your healer. If you need healing, why are you going to ask the gods of the Philistines? You should consult me. You know, and in our everyday lives, when we have problems, we don't invite God into the picture. Who are the people we call? Our Facebook friends, our social media friends. You know, we call friends who are not really friends. We call our frenemies, friends who are like enemies, but who are like friends, you know, and they are the ones that we connect with. But why don't you invite God into your situation? Hallelujah. Are you with me? Yeah. Invite God. Listen, prayer invites God in every situation. And you know, when God is involved in anything, one of the things that happens is that it also brings about a supernatural element to what you're doing. Doing. And the supernatural element is simply something that defies natural laws or science. Anything that defies natural law or science. And I believe that if that is the meaning of supernatural, that I need supernatural in my day, everyday job. Amen. I need the supernatural hand of God when it comes to my marriage. How many of you think you need the supernatural hand of God even when it comes to the area of marriage? Amen. One day, listen, one, one lady told me a story. He says that the husband, very mean, does not spend, makes a lot of money. The guy makes about $300,000 a year. And they live in a one-bedroom apartment with four children and a mother-in-law, a two-bedroom with a mother-in-law and four children. What a chisel man. What a chisel man. Thank you, Emmanuel. <laughs> and the guy, very stingy, does not make money. He, she's complained. And then she began to just pray. Just say, God, I invite you into my marriage. I invite you into my marriage. So he stopped comp she stopped complaining about it. And then one day from nowhere, the guy just came and said, look, I think we should buy a house. So the lady was very quiet. She said, mm, maybe we should. Very quiet. The prayers were working. Do you get it? And then, lo and behold, he bought a nice five-bedroom house and bought the lady a new car. I mean, all the things that he was complaining. I mean, he said, oh, they should have a swimming pool. No, he's, the man said, oh, they have a bathtub. Why do they need a swimming pool? Do you, you get it? They have a bathtub. I mean, if you want to shower, the shower, I mean, why do you need extra water? <laughs> and they live in Florida because the lady say, oh, you know, if we can have a swimming pool, it's nice, but it's not a must-have. And all of a sudden, the guy's mind changed within a day. The man just made this decision and had a, a 360-10 in his life. That is what happens when you invite God into a situation. Amen. Amen. The supernatural begins something that defies. I mean, how would you explain such a thing? Something that defies logic and science. And listen, as we are praying about this, this whole virus thing which is invading the world, the world has come to realize that they need a supernatural element 
Yeah. That even the president is saying that we should all pray. Yep. We all, I mean, how can a virus start in January with one death and then within March you have 6,000 death, deaths? What nuclear weapon can solve this? What scientific equation, chemical equation? You see, we just have to pray that God will give maybe a scientist a breakthrough medicinally or something will happen that we just all of a sudden the, the, the curve begins to flatten. Something, we all know that we need God. We need to invite God in our lives. We cannot live God, we live our lives as if that God does not exist, you know, or we need him only when things are bad. No, we need him even when things are good. Because when you have God, you have a supernatural element in what you're doing. And in every facet of your life, you need a supernatural element. And because of that supernatural element, when people are being fired, you will be kept. Amen. Yeah. You may have graduated with D, 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 D. I mean, it's like your professor just gave you an extra mark so that you don't become a nuisance in the next class. <laughs> But your, your friends will be amazed that with your DCC degree, that a supernatural element is able to propel you to even succeed more than the A students have succeeded. Amen. 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 Oh, can I get a big amen on that? Amen. Amen. But you can't graduate with a D, though. Oh, you can't graduate with a D. Okay, so what's the minimum we need? What's the minimum, Betty? C? B? C. C. So let's say you had C, 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 and you just got out. You need a super, something that defies science and logic. Hallelujah. Amen. Something that would defies science and logic. And how many of you can testify that even when it comes to your finances, you need something that defies science and logic? Yep. Yeah, when it comes to your finances, look, many of you, when you can, you look at how much money you are saving now to the, till you are 75, you may not even save up to $50,000 when you are 75. So. Yeah, you may not, but you need a supernatural hand. That's what the Bible says that in all your ways, acknowledge him. And what would he do? He will direct your ways. Acknowledge God. Say, God, Amen. this is what I'm going to do. I invite you into this situation. May you direct my steps. May you lead me. I don't know the future. You see, the, what even makes it even more, more, more um, critical is the fact that you and I don't know the future. It was just uh, 31st night. Someone sent me, uh, I mean, he was making fun of pastors. He was saying that, oh, he was making fun of Christians. And your pastor says this year is your year of your, your year of. Have you seen what has happened? Your year of your year of what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, your year of double mega whatever. Your year of this thing. This is my year of uh, double abundance. My year of uh, financial breakthrough. I mean, those things are not bad. They are just proclam. They are just proclamations and confessions. You get it? But it just reveals to us that we don't know the future. And even so, that should propel us, even seek God more and acknowledge him in everything that we are doing. Yeah. Are you with me, church? 
Yes. You cannot be assured that this decision you are making is the best decision. There is nothing like a sure bet in this life. Like this thing that you are sure. I'm sure that this guy is the right guy to be with. Oh, as for this lady, Betty is the best lady. I mean, as for this Betty, if I have Betty, I think that my problems are solved. If I have Raymond, all my financial problems are solved. If I can have Emmanuel, oh, as for Emmanuel, very good. I can assure you I'm set for life. See you. See you. <laughs> no, there is nothing like a sure bet in this life. Absolutely. Nothing. I mean, nothing is secured. No job is secured, whether it's IBM or JP Morgan or Goldman Sachs or NASA. Nothing. Nothing is secured in this life. And so when I got that conviction, I felt it easy to make decisions wow. because I realized that look, life is about not choosing between good and bad. Sometimes you are choosing between good and good. Because you don't know. You don't know. I mean, what is the guarantee that this person is the next is the person to spend the rest of your life with? There's no guarantee. <laughs> Maybe Darwell has some guarantees. Maybe he can give us some <laughs> the way he's so nicely dressed on the on the phone. Wow. <laughs> with a tie on. <laughs> with a with a tie and all that, you know. <laughs> You know, there is no guarantee that when you finish medical school, you'll be rich. Hey! Oh, but Dr. D is rich. Dr. D is rich. a medical student. No, Dr. D is rich. Remember, Dr. D is rich. Dr. D is rich. No lie. No lie. I can promise you that there are a lot of broken hearted medical students. It's true. It's true. With student loans that cannot be paid until they are 65. Merzi. Yes. It's not easy. There's no guarantee. Listen, when you go to California, California is a place, the reason why there's a lot of drugs in California, because it's a place of a lot of broken dreams. Yeah, frustration. A lot of people go there, they're going to be the next Denzel, mm. the next um, uh, Bill Gates, the mm. next whatever. They have wild ethereal ideas. That's right. But only a small percentage make it. Mm. Because of the uncertainty of life, you and I need to invite God in everything that we are doing. Yes, sir. Amen. That is why we pray. Hallelujah, church. Amen. Oh, can I get a big amen from everybody? Amen. Yeah, that is why we pray. Duncan, do you get what I'm saying? That is why we pray. We don't know the future. The Bible says, what is your life? It is but a vapor which comes today and tomorrow it's gone. That's right. What is your life? Do, do you get it? What is your life? Our lives are so fragile that we need to live life in the mighty hand and the mighty cradle of God's protection Hallelujah. in God's future. Mm. Sorry, and, and God's hands for our lives. That is why you must pray and begin to develop a culture of prayer, especially this time that most of us are at home. Let it be a season of growing, a season of mm. praying, a season of praying yeah. and investing prayers for your future, for your children, and for your destiny. Amen. Hallelujah, Amen. hallelujah, Amen. hallelujah. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Let me give you another reason why you should be praying. You should be praying because prayer introduces a blessing Mm. in everything you are doing. You know, when Jesus had five loaves and two fishes, you, you, you can share the scripture because some of you are on your iPhones, so you may not be able to see the verse. But let me, let me show you a scripture in the book of Mark 6.41. Mark 6.41. The Bible says that, and when he had taken the five loaves and two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed. He looked up to heaven and what did he do? And asked God's blessing on the food. Breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and fish to the disciples to give to the people. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Church? Yes, yeah. sir. Yep. It says that he took the five loaves. Now think about it this way. You are Jesus. You've had a mighty crusade. You have 5,000 men besides women and children, probably 10,000 people to feed. And he had nothing, you know. And then he asked his disciples, where can we buy bread to feed these people? And he said, we can't find any bread. We are in a desert. And he said, and then one of his disciples said that there's a little boy here who has five loaves and two fishes. And then the disciple even asked, what is this amongst so many? I mean, I don't think with all of us, even on this line, we will be able to eat five loaves and two fish. I mean, that is just enough for just Duncan. Just Duncan's appetizer. <laughs> you, you know, that is just Duncan's appetizer. <laughs> you get, or just Sally's desserts. I mean, just five loaves and two fishes. <laughs> you know, yeah. And it says that, and then the Bible says that. He took the, the five loaves and he blessed it. He asked God blessing. The word blessing also means he praised God for it. Hallelujah. He praised God for it. That's right. I have five loaves and two fishes. But Father, I thank you. I bless your name. I'm grateful. This is all that I have. And the Bible says that because he praised God for it and he asked God's blessing on it, God even multiplied it for them. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, church. Do you get what I'm saying? In the same way, listen, in our lives, you may have only five loaves and two fishes. You know, your job may be a five loaf and a two fish job. But instead of cursing the job, instead of complaining about it, rather bless the job. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for this five loaf and a two fish job. Come on. It is at that point that God begins to multiply and even give you a better job. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? Maybe you have a yeah. child who does not meet the standards of other children. But you say, Father, I'm thankful for my child. Yes. I'm thankful for That's this right. miraculous baby. Bless I'm it. thankful that you, you took your time nine months to weave this baby in my womb. I thank you and I praise you. That is when you begin to see the child being transformed into the miracle child that you are looking for. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thanking God and Amen. asking his blessing. The problem is that some of us, we curse our five loaves and two fishes. Wow. What type of bread is this? It has no sugar in it. It's too flat. It's too dry. These fishes are too small. 
Yeah, herrings. I was looking for salmon. Salmon is the <laughs> best fish. God, what type of herring is this? I don't like it. You're just waiting for the perfect. But God is saying that if you can even be thankful and bless his name and ask his blessings on the five loaves, he will multiply it and give it back to you in a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold, a good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, shall he give unto your apostle. Amen. Oh, am I preaching to you, people? We are preaching. Let us be thankful for the five loaves that we have. Mm. When you pray and you thank God for the five loaves, God will bless it for you. God is in the ministry of blessing things in our hands. Amen. 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 What you need in your life is a blessing. Labor to be blessed. Don't labor to be rich. Labor to be blessed. Yeah. Do you get it? Ask God's blessing on your life. That is all you need. Don't labor to be rich. There's a scripture that says that don't labor to be rich. Explain it for me whilst I'm talking. Rather labor for a blessing. Say, God, bless my job, bless my degree, bless my family, bless my education, bless this degree. Father, bless it. It might be a psychology degree, but God can bless that degree for you. Have you found that scripture? Proverbs 23, verse 4. Put it there for me, please. Calvin, can you do it? Proverbs 23, verse 4. Mm-hmm. Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Don't, Don't weary yourself trying to get rich. Why waste your time? Your life. Your time. Next verse. Verse five. Verse five. For riches can disappear as though they had wings of the bed. Do you have another translation for us? Let's see what another version says. Gavin, can you give us another translation? All right, it's okay. It's okay. It's taking a while. Hallelujah. So do you, do you get what I'm saying? Um, so the Bible, no, 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 that's not a verse. That's not a verse, please. That's four, four and five. Please. So the Bible is saying that we shouldn't weary ourselves to get rich. Doesn't mean that, Pastor, I shouldn't work hard. I'm not saying don't work hard because working hard is not this is not equivalent to getting rich. Wearying yourself to get rich is having a sole purpose in mind that you want to amass wealth. For you, that is your ultimate destination of life. The Bible is saying that that shouldn't be the ultimate destination of life, just to have money. Hmm. Because riches can develop wings and fly away. Yeah. Are you with me, church? Yeah. Yeah. So rather seek God's blessings over your life. Pray and say, God, bless my family. Bless my life. Bless my job. Bless this degree you've given me. I got a degree in 
in in in in economics law it's not the, the the degree that can fetch me the best you know when i was in uh, in high school when i was in college right your your degree the course you studied was based on how well you did in high school so people who studied architecture medicine pharmacy chemical engineering and the sciences all the degrees so called that will fetch more money those courses were given to people who did very well in high school. So if you graduated with A, you got those courses. And if you had B, you got other uh, arts courses. And if you were a C or D student, they put you in the graphic designing uh, courses, ceramics, uh, painting, uh, dontology, the study of drums. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, environmental <laughs> studies, <laughs> garbage, garbage management, uh, sports management, uh, market gardening, uh, geology, geology degree. So when we were in college, automatically we thought that those people were not going to make it in life. So when you, you go to the girls' um, dormitory or the boys' dormitory, everybody, I mean, like, your ability to even uh, be attractive or to have a date was depending on the course you studied. So when you talk to Betty or uh, Na, the first thing they ask, ah, that boy, what course does he do? I go, I beg. <laughs> your, I beg. Pharmacy. So the first question they ask is, what course does he do? If he says, oh, he's an Akito student. That one already has 70 points in the, in the eyes of the lady. Oh, he's a pharmacy student. Pharmacy, that's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's in med school. Oh, medical. Oh, and then you are automatically given. But over time, we realize that there is no correlation between... What we study, <laughs> how to make money. Rather, uh -huh. the people who were discounted as not going to be rich are the ones who are rather richer in running countries of the world. Yes. And at the end of the day, the people who we thought were going to do well are all even into selling, selling, and having uh, stores and having markets that they, they despised. <laughs> do, do you understand? Like people who did medical school and things despised people who went into business. Mm. But then they realized that the pharmacy school students have rather even become businessmen importing and exporting uh, drugs. Yeah. At the end of the day, who won? It was a big misconception. Amen. It was a big misconception. That one of the most spiritual things in life is even wealth. Mm. Wealth is very spiritual. It is very, very spiritual. So don't labor for riches. Labor to be blessed. Mm. <laughs> Are you with me, church? Yes, sir. Labor that God will bless you. And learn the habit of blessing the things that God has put in your hands. Mm. It might not be enough, but praise him for it. Amen. When you sit in that old car, don't complain. Say, Father, I thank you for this old car. I am grateful. Thank you for this car. 
and you're not saying it as a cliche, but deep within your heart, you have a reason to be thankful, a reason to be joyful, a reason to just smile in your no air condition car. Because gratefulness is what makes something enjoyable. Gratefulness. That is why someone can be in a village and be happier than someone who has a penthouse in front of uh, the ocean in St. Pete downtown or whatever. What Recently, it? one athlete was complaining that all he's made in life was $90 million. <laughs> really? Yeah, that was uh, the, yes, guy, the heavyweight guy who was beaten recently. Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder. All I've got is 90 million. Just give me half. Just give me half. <laughs> what makes something what? enjoyable is the amount of gratefulness. That is why you could see someone driving a Camry and happier mm. than someone driving a Rolls Royce. Because the level of gratitude the person attaches to what they have is what is making it enjoyable. Mm. Are you with me, church? Yes, sir. The level of gratitude determines how well you enjoy something. Well, let me give you an example. I remember my brother and I, you know, one time my mother traveled and we tried cooking. So we said we're going to fry eggs. So we, we beat a lot of eggs, about 10 of them, put them in the frying pan. And my brother was pouring... Uh, the seasoning as adobo seasoning and then the lid came off <laughs> about a quarter of the spices went into the eggs oh forget it so <laughs> after it was all cooked and done we tasted a thing it was so bitter and salty we couldn't eat it so we took the the eggs and took it to the street so neighborhood homeless guy who was just around the corner i said let's not let's give it to this guy and the guy took a bite. He said, wow, wow, my goodness. I've never tasted anything that good in my life. And he ran to his home and began to share it to his brothers. Wow. And that the next evening, they came to thank my mother for giving me what my mother didn't know that we had even, even brought trouble to, to our kids. The, the level of gratitude. Level of gratitude, that's right. The level of gratitude you have Hallelujah. will determine how well something becomes enjoyable mm. for you. Teach it. Whilst all of us are in lockdown, you may call it, you can see it as a level, you can add a lot of gratitude to it. Mm. Say, Father, thank you that I get to, some of you have not taken a vacation in five years. Oh, tell them. <laughs> So my mother, my mother was telling my wife that this is the moment a lot of the spouses of adulteress are going to be very happy because now they can't go and commit adultery again. <laughs> Sally, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. So now all the adulteress are stuck at home. Play queen. All the slave queens are not getting their share anymore. High <laughs> chicks out of business. High chicks, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> Some of us, it's a time for us to just relax and wind down. Mm, I preach it. Because we've been running our lives at a breakneck speed for the last 10, 15 years or whatever. Mm, mm. And that's the moment to just slow down. Hallelujah. Amen. To see a blessing. Mm. Amen. 
see a blessing. Bless your five loaves. And pray, that's what prayer does. Prayer introduces a blessing into every situation. Mm. The last thing I want to sh share with you is that prayer introduces angelic activities into your life. Hallelujah. May you receive the ministry of angels mm. in Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, the Bible says that in, in uh, Luke 22, and he was with verse 41 to 43. Yes. Uh, very good. <laughs> Luke 22, verse 41. And he was withdrawn from them about the stone cast and kneeled down and prayed. He knelt down and prayed. Let's keep going. Praying, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering from me. Yet I want your will not mine. The next verse is where I want you to pay uh, a lot of attention to. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. An angel appeared and strengthened him. Hmm. Amen. I will end here. Hmm. When Jesus was praying, the Bible says that angels were released. Hallelujah. Prayer releases angels. Hmm. Okay, the Bible says in Hebrews 1 4 that angels are spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. Angels are spirits, and in your life, as you pray, God also begins to release angels mm. to help you. Yes, now. In our lives, you may not see an angel with wings per se. But you see, throughout the Bible, one of the things I have realized is that most of the time, angels came to us in the form of human beings. Wow. When Abraham was, uh, Lot was at the gate of Sodom, angels came to him. Bible says that three men came to him. Cornelius saw a man like, a, Cornelius saw a man like an angel. No, an angel like a man. When Paul, uh, yeah. So, no, let me just say, so Cornelius, the same thing. So we see so many instances in the Bible where angels appear to people, but they didn't come in glowing clothes and, and shiny uh, wings and things like that, you right. see. And one of the ways, sometimes you, don't, you, you will experience someone who is an angel sent to you. A person that God has sent to you to just be good to you and be nice to you. I remember when I was in high school, I got so sick in those times, there was nothing like telephones or anything to call parents. And one guy in my dormitory, he was a senior guy, he had nothing to do with me. Guess what? Anytime we went, they went to the dining table, because I couldn't go, he brought me food. And I was wondering, why would he do that? Wow. He was a senior guy, about seven levels ahead of me. He would, and then he would go and fetch water for me to have a bath. He just took care of me. And as of now, I still look for the guy. I don't even know where to find him, just to say thank you to him. Prayer is what releases angels into your life. Yes, sir. Someone who can tell you that, my sister, I have a brother who I think he can be a wonderful partner for you. That's an angel. 
hear someone sent to you. Someone to say that, oh, now I think there's a job here. You can work from home. You do paper billing, and then they pay you about one twenty thousand. You work twenty hours a day. Hey. Someone just calling you from nowhere. I receive it. Yeah, someone just calling you from nowhere. Those are angelic ministrations <laughs> sent to you. That's why in the Bible, the word angel is also translated messenger. Mm. Messenger. Mm. Messenger. Someone sent to you. Do, do you get what I'm saying? And in your life, you realize that most of the time, you, someone it always helps you move to your next level. A human being always helps you move to your next level, next level. And these, I believe, some of them are just ministering spirits in the past, in the in the form of people whom God has touched to just help move your life to the next phase. And you are gonna need that grace. Nobody gets to where they are through their own effort or through their own strength. A person always has to be in the picture to help them. Are you with me, church? Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard so many stories of, uh, I mean, recently I was talking to Jocelyn about a friend of hers. And Jocelyn was saying that, you know, that person does not make a lot of money and that she was going to refer that person uh, for an interview at her company and hopefully she can double her salary. Wow. Think about it. This is a friend just talking to a boss on your behalf. You getting the job probably may not have anything to do with your who you are per se, but just someone who is pulling the strings for you somewhere. Mm. Hallelujah. Are you with Amen. me, church? Amen. And yes. that is the grace that angels provide. And those angelic activities are released through prayer. When you pray, angels are released. Every evening we go to bed, we pray and say, Father, surround this home by your angels. Amen. May you surround this airplane with your angels. May you surround my life as I'm driving on I-4. May you surround my car with angels. And as a Christian, you have to believe in supernatural things. Are you, are you with me? Yes, sir. You have to believe in supernatural things. Believe it. You see, some, some supernatural things are so amazing that they sometimes seem unbelievable. Mm. I know a guy who said that one day someone sent him a check. Signed. He, didn't, he doesn't know the person as of now. Hey. $10,000. <laughs> <laughs> You know, one day, one day, we needed money. And then before I know, the IRS had put $1,000 in my bank account for, no, for nowhere. So I called, I called Reverend Osei. I was in New York. It wasn't even tax season. And I said, oh, should I call them and return them? And he said, for what? <laughs> and he told me that he, he doesn't, if his bank account is they're thinking of itself and you put money in it. He is not the one to come and tell you that you put money in the account. If you want that money, come and take it back. <laughs> you have to believe in such angelic, I believe that it's a supernatural. It's called miracle money. Miracle money. 
Miracle money. Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Miracle money. Yes, sir. A bank, a money from, a, a gift from nowhere. And you should expect some of these things. Yes. Mm -hmm. Expect that someone can buy a car and just give it to you. Wake up in the morning one day, a car with a bow tie on top. Hey. Uh, Dr. Sabla. Ah. This is just for you. <laughs> yes, amen. <laughs> Jimmy is laughing. <laughs> you know, that this, this is just for you. Yes. Expect it. You see, we live, let me tell you, we live in a world that we, we've been taught to believe that life is just all about our hard work. Mm -hmm. I was watching a documentary, my wife and I watched a documentary, and the, the guy was narrating something. He said that Americans are caught up. The Americans have been believed that where they are is not enough. So most Americans have been sold a dream which is not easy to attain. Mm. So they are caught up between going from who they are to where they want to be and never hitting that destination. Mm. And as a result, a lot of us are unhappy and living an empty life. Wow. Because we've been taught that where we are is not good enough. Meanwhile, to where we want to be, go to is also not easily attainable. That's right. We call it the American dream. Oh, it's easy. Oh, look at Oprah. How many Oprahs do we have in this world? Zero. <laughs> How many Bill Gates do we have? Get it. How many Zuckerbergs? We we made it feel like oh. If you work a little bit harder, you can get these, you can become like these people. Only to realize that only 0.01% of us are able to attain such luxurious dreams. Do you understand? So we are all left unsatisfied, killing ourselves, doing more than we should do, and not believing that there is also a supernatural hand of God which can also propel us into the next phase of life Man, so we leave God out of our lives mm. and not believe that we need help we need help I'm expecting miracles in my life mm. I don't know about you but when I look at the horizon of life I say God I need a miracle yes sir I need a blessing I need a supernatural hand Mm. It makes me pray more. It makes me kneel by my bedside and call God's blessings upon my family mm. and upon my children. That's right. It makes me realize that no matter how safe I plan my life, I'm not protected from a virus. Mm. So I'm always praying and asking God for his help. Never make you the God of your life. Mm. Mm. Are we all listening? Are we, are we yes, in the church? Yes, sir. Yeah. Never sit upon the throne of your life as God. Rather believe in the mighty, mighty hand of God. That he alone is the one we need to make it throughout this life. And I'm encouraging all of you that begin to develop a culture of prayer. That everything by prayer. Your job, Amen. by prayer. Lord. Your health, Amen. by prayer. Mm. Your academics, mm. by prayer. Lord. Your sports, by prayer. Mm. Your health, by prayer. 
your education by prayer. Mm. And people are asking mm. you, oh, you don't need prayer. Watch and see who have the last laugh. Mm. Yeah, watch and see. Don't let anyone mock you to say, oh, you don't need prayer. For the Bible says that you can do everything by prayer. Yes, sir. May you become a prayerful man. Come on. A prayerful woman. Mm. A prayerful child. Mm. Believing in the supernatural, mighty, mighty hand of God. In the name of Jesus. And I want you to believe something. That prayer and God can turn this world's situation around. As the world is on edges, everybody is sitting on needles. Let us believe that prayer changes things. Yes, sir. That God changes things. Mm. That God is the author and finisher of every miracle mm. of our faith. Yes, sir. And we never give up because science couldn't help, because hygiene couldn't help. But we rather believe that even if all things fail, let us believe in the mighty supernatural hand of God. Because he's the one who sees the invisible. He heals the unhealable. He makes the impossible possible. He makes the difficult easy. He makes the complex things very simple. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Wonderful. Well, I, I'm going to end my message here. I'll just pause for just a few minutes. Like I said, I'll make this very interactive. Any comments, contributions from anybody? Or any comments? Like I said, I'll make this very interactive. Just three comments. Go ahead. Oh, I want to welcome... My some of my favorite classes. We can barely hear you. Can you make it louder, please? Oh, can you hear you're, me now? Can we hear it now? A little, a little volume, please, Brenda. Volume, yes, sir. Maybe you want to. Are you close to your mic, Brenda? Yeah, I can hear her. Okay, hey, Brenda, go ahead. Just soft. Yeah, I just wanted to welcome some of my favorite classmates, even though they're shy. But oh, just mention their names. We'll give them a nice warm welcome. I saw, okay, I saw so Olivia. Ariel, hi. Ariel, welcome. Welcome, hey. Ariel. Um, there's Rachel. Rachel. Yeah. Um, there's Olivia. You guys. Oh, Olivia. yeah, we saw Olivia. Hi, Olivia. Well, let's welcome them. Let's clap for them. Jared, don't forget oh, Jared. Oh, <laughs> and then there's Fajura. And then, of course, we all know Kelvin and Becky, but for Julia. Julia, don't forget Julia. And Julia is here, yeah, too. Julia. Oh, Julia, welcome. Oh, God bless you all. Yeah. Thank you for coming, and we, we are happy to have you. Feel free to join us every Sunday and every Wednesday as well, when we have a midweek Bible study, okay? And then there's, is it Rena Dufson? Rena, yeah. is that how you pronounce your name? <laughs> Yeah, that's well, my brother. Who, who invited you? That's my younger brother. Brother, Crisper. Oh, that's your younger brother. Okay, wonderful. Oh, nice. Welcome. Yeah, he's, he's calling from the UK. Oh. Wow. Oh. Next, next week, we want to have some tea and some biscuits. <laughs> the line. <laughs> and uh, okay. we have yes. Abigail from Alabama. 
uh, a national athlete. She's a high jumper too. Ooh. Wow. Abigail from Alabama. <laughs> Hi, Abigail. Anybody we missed? <laughs> no. <laughs> Celestine as Audrey, well. Are you on? Who? I was asking if Audrey was on. She was on earlier. Audrey, uh, let's see. Um, yeah. Maybe she hung up. And then there's a Harold, right? Harold from Canada, my friend. Oh, Harold from Canada. Let's put our hands together for Harold as well. Okay. Thank you all. And for those of you who invited people, keep doing it. It's a great thing. And we. I hope you were blessed. I hope my message was clear. And my goal is to make God's word so simple in such a way that you can digest it and read it yourself. Amen. And also apply to your everyday life. Amen. God bless you so much. Before we, we go ahead, we're gonna let's why don't we all bow our heads in prayer? And before we go, I want to leave everyone with this very important message about salvation. That it's not enough to go to church. The most important relationship you can have is with Jesus Christ as your savior. If you're here and you you are not saved, you don't know Christ as your savior. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that if you believe in him, you will not perish, but have everlasting life. God did not send his son to condemn the world, but through whom, through him, the world will be saved. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your savior, I want you to just take these steps by your bedside, wherever you are. Number one, repent of your sins. Tell God that you are sorry. Tell God that every sin you've committed in this life, you should be forgiven. Number three, confess and just invite Jesus to live in your heart. You can pray and say, Father, live in my heart, transform my life. And what is going to happen is that God will give you a new heart and a new spirit. And thirdly, begin to fellowship with Christians, like-minded believers who help you grow in your faith. So before we go ahead, I just want to say this prayer. Just pray this silently in your heart. I don't know who you are. And we're going to pray loudly. Just pray silently by your heart. You can pray after me. You can say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you as a sinner. Forgive me my sins, Lord. I confess that I'm a sinner. Forgive me. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to save me and wash me from every sin, every mistake I've ever committed. Give me a new heart and a new spirit to serve you. Satan, I don't belong to you. I belong to Jesus. And I will serve him for the rest of my life in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you all. Uh, thank you all for joining. And before we go, uh, we always give everybody the opportunity to bless God with an offering. Hallelujah. Uh, let me just read a scripture to you um, in 2 Corinthians. I think first, let me check just prepare a good offering to bless God's work. 